0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: what's up everybody and welcome to episode 213 of the talking chop podcast I am your host, Brad Roland. It is actually Friday night, a, uh, I would say abnormal time, but time is just relative at this moment. Days are blending together, and uh, this time worked for us, so here we are, and the great Scott Goleman is joining me. Hello, Scott.
2: How's it going, Brad? Yeah, I, it's hard to remember like what day is what right now. Like, I was sitting out on the patio the other night, and it took me a good 30 seconds to realize it was Wednesday. I was charging my phone inside, so I had no way of just you know looking at my screen and seeing it took me a good 30, 45 seconds to realize what day it was. So good times. As you said, time is all relative and, and hanging in there.
1: Yeah, the only reason why I know what day it is is for my day job because, you know, I am working probably more on weekends than normal right now, but there is still certain things that I have to do every work day, Monday through Friday. So that kind of – I have to at least tangentially know what day it is, but certainly not as much as, as normal when you're going about <laughs> – your normal day. And uh, yeah, it's Friday night. Um, this is one of those times where we're not really at, at too much risk, I would say, of uh, having this podcast be outdated quickly. But I always like to say when we're recording. So it's Friday about 10 p.m. Eastern. And uh, here we are. Um, so not I don't know, not too much to get to. But at the same time, there's a, a widely discussed plan or plans make that have made the rounds in the last, you know, week and a half, two weeks about what baseball is trying to do to maybe play baseball sooner rather than later. And a lot of it centers on uh, Scott Coleman's home state of Arizona. So no uh-huh. one, no one more qualified in the world right now, Scott, to discuss this. In the world,
2: there you the, go. Nobody in the world more qualified than me. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, so we're not going like, to go through like the entire. You know, all the stuff that's been pointed pointed out from Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal, etc. But basically, the short version is there are a lot of ballparks going from Chase Field, of course, where the Diamondbacks play, to all of the Cactus League parks, or at least a lot of them, are, are within a pretty short radius um, in Arizona, and that makes it in a, at least a semi-logical place if they wanted to do some sort of containment effort to try to launch baseball earlier than going back to all their respective cities. This is what they're trying to do now. So... I'm going to open it up to you. We can sort of dive in on a couple of things that have happened between, you know, Dr. Fauci weighing in and the governor weighing in, all this stuff. But uh, as an Arizona resident, uh, thoughts on this?
2: Uh, as a resident, I think it would be pretty cool. I still have a whole bunch of questions, which – and not just me. Of course, everybody has uh, – there are a million hurdles to get through. But for those who don't know, uh, of course, about a third of the teams have spring training out here in Arizona. Uh, Or no, I'm sorry, is it half now? Half? Something like that. Uh, But for those who aren't aware, um, it's really all within the Phoenix metro area. And for those who aren't familiar with Phoenix, Phoenix is big, and then you have a whole bunch of cities all around it. Scottsdale, Glendale, Tempe, Chandler Mesa, and all of those cities have a couple of stadiums. So it's unlike Florida where you have these, I guess, more spread out stadiums. Every stadium in the Phoenix area is probably within 30, 45 minutes, especially with minimal traffic. Um, and then of course, when they built these uh, spring training stadiums, at least the newer ones, they've really tried to pair them next to casinos <clears throat> there's some some Indian reservations so they have a handful of casinos in the in the metro area um, so they have these huge 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 hotels where as you said they could kind of quarantine the players and maybe their families um, again, I think a lot of questions I think most people have more uh, doubt than confidence at this point, but whenever you do have I guess, health leaders and, and government officials saying it's at least possible. Yeah, I think it kind of keeps hope alive.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what this comes down to. Like, I think everyone agrees this is not a perfect plan, and there's still some skepticism, even with people that are trying to be optimistic about this, because this is something that people have never tried to do. Um, you know, even, like for instance, Dr. Fauci, who's now extremely famous as the most prominent person associated with this, at least on the medical side, um, He did say on the record in an interview that he believes it's possible that baseball could pull this off. Now, he did say there's a bunch of of caveats to that, which has to be said, like, you know, not every player is going to be thrilled to sign up for this. For instance, like Mike Trout, the most famous player, the best player in the league, does not love it. He's kind of said that already. A bunch of players have said that on the record. Not a huge surprise that guys don't want to be sort of in a full-fledged bubble, like what happens to families during this time. You can't... And unlike... You know, some, I, I would say that the bubble idea kind of originated, at least in my consciousness, with the NBA. But the NBA is just trying to finish a season. They've kind of already played sure. three quarters or four fifths of it. Baseball will be trying to play their entire season, potentially, or at least a big part of it. And starting something from scratch with spring training, having to ramp up and all of that. It's a little bit tougher to do. Um, but if you're going to do it, I think Arizona is probably the place to do it be- between... Yeah the ballparks and the fact that Florida does not seem to be particularly concerned with coronavirus for some reason, as they open up the beaches today. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, moving on. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, alas, but I mean, regardless, like I, I just think it's, it's cool. And I find myself hopeful in reading this stuff, but at the same time, even the people that have written these pieces from Passon to Rosenthal and Bob Nightingale, and whoever else they're writing it with a certain, um, I'm not sure what, the, what even the word is. Like They're presenting the ideas, but everyone kind of like laughs about how ridiculous it all is. Yeah, At the same yeah. time, like you have to try to hope it's going to work, because otherwise you're going to wait even longer and maybe not even play <laughs> baseball this year.
2: Well, and you're right. And I think what we hear is from the health. Obviously, the health factor is first and foremost, because the, the absolute last thing baseball wants is to try to do this, and then a team comes down and five or six players get sick. And, and then, I mean, that headline writes itself. Um, you mentioned the family thing. You know, Mike Trout doesn't want to be away from his wife for, you know, five months. Mike Trout comes up to you one day in the hotel to the team owner and says, Hey, I want my wife in my room. I mean, what what, what do you say, right? There's- well, that,
1: that's the whole thing. I mean, you have to be able to account for and it's not just Mike Trout. I mean, I know a lot of single oh, sure. baseball players would probably sign up for this if it means they're getting paid and playing. But a lot of guys, particularly guys who have made money, and that's this is kind of the thing, and there's probably a dividing line somewhere. Like the guys like that have made tens of millions of dollars that have settled down and have families and have kids. Freddie Freeman.
2: Yeah. Freddie Freeman. Yeah. They're
1: not going to be thrilled to do this. And if they are going to do that um, and if there is a way, I mean, I guess there's part of these plans are taking that into account and saying, you know, maybe families could come too, but you have to account for them. And, you know, you can't just go to the grocery store anymore at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're yeah. living in a hotel and you're semi quarantined at all times, going from one place to the other, like just basically, just basically to the ballpark and back to the hotel, You have to be willing and able as baseball to provide for whoever that is. You know, food, everything has got to be able to be accessible. And it's tough. I mean, even if you're talking about a a relatively contained area in Arizona, you still have... It's not like you're at a resort. Like, the NBA plans are like, take over the MGM Grand in Vegas or take over Walt Disney World. This is not what this is in Arizona. Like, you're still having to get hotel-to-hotel... Or a hotel at a ballpark, you can't. It's not under one roof like it is with basketball. It's just not. Yeah. So,
2: well, um, and the other thing too is, you know, we've talked about. I, I think I forget what the exact number was. Maybe ten or eleven stadiums between the spring training parks and Chase Field and ASU, Arizona State University, has a. I would assume a, a field that Major League Baseball would sign off on to play on. So even if you have a dozen or so stadiums, you know, you're you're, you're trying to squeeze thirty teams. 30 events or 30 uh, support staffs, front office members, coaches, right? I mean, there's so many. uh, It's more than just 25 guys or 30 guys, whatever the rosters they want to go with. Um, There's so much. The other thing, too, which I kind of laughed at because I don't think Rosenthal or Passen even alluded to, um, Arizona in the middle of the summer is ungodly hot, like dangerously hot. And I I laugh because I tweeted about this and I got a bunch of uh, folks from, I'm going to guess, the south who said, well, it's a dry heat. That is true, and I'm not arguing that <laughs> 95 and humid is not miserable to sit in and watch a baseball game a couple times a year. But you're talking every single day at least 105 degrees, probably 110. Um, I don't care if there's 100% humidity or no humidity. That is hot as hell, and you're going to be playing on turf, which is naturally going to be hotter in those stadiums. Um, the other thing, too, which is kind of interesting, and you're you, this would impact you more than me, um, because of the heat, you couldn't really play during the day. Um, I know people have said well, you could play early morning games, but I don't know how many players are going to sign up for uh, 8 a.m. first pitches. Um, but you would not be able to start games until at least 7, realistically 7.30 or 8 once the sun is down. But with the time change, that is 10.30 or 11 Eastern, and I just don't know how the TV side of that would work. Yeah, they're, they're not going to um, do that.
1: I mean, there's, right. there's no way that – and we'll talk about this more in a second, but there's no way the money proposition makes any sense if every game is 11 p.m. It's just that's not gonna happen. Eastern time. There's just that's just yeah. not gonna work for anybody. So yeah, I mean, your point about the weather there is a really good one, and it's undervalued, I think, by people because yeah, it is it is hot other places, but they're not playing every day for weeks, yeah. and, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on end in that heat. Like going to air, going to Texas for a series on a weekend is different than staying in Arizona from sure. you know June through August or June through September when I mean I know you live there but I mean as someone who goes to Las Vegas every year for 10 days in July um I can't imagine playing baseball in that like on a consistent yeah. basis during at least during the day like you couldn't you could not play during the day every day you'd have to do at least in the afternoon, like in a traditional baseball time. Maybe you could do some mornings, maybe you could do some late nights, but yeah, I mean, it's not like you could roll out a cactus league schedule and be playing at 1 p.m. every day in July. No. You just, it just doesn't. I mean, maybe you could just have these expanded rosters and go crazy with it, but there'd be some uh, other challenges, including the weather for sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. I, think I mean, that's why- I mean, there's no rain. That's the one upside. I mean, I guess you get a yeah. couple of monsoon storms during the summer, but Phoenix is usually pretty dry. Um, so obviously, I think that's why Arizona is probably a little more appealing than Florida. Where and seems-
1: one, by the way, one, one of the uh, one of the ideas is uh, is probably an, 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 uh, an uptick in double headers. Can you imagine playing a doubleheader in July in Arizona outside?
2: No, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not being. Uh, you know, it's not hyperbole to say that. I mean, it'd be a serious health risk. You talk about everything else going on. You want to go stand out in a full baseball uniform. And, you know, and the funny thing is, they're talking about not having traditional dugouts. So the players would be sitting in the stands. So you're going to have players sitting in uncovered stands for three plus hours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're not going to yeah, be able to do I that. Know.
1: I mean, that's yeah. one of the plans that was in the original plan. And it's been pushed back on a little bit because, you know, in theory, the whole point of having the quarantine is so these guys don't have it and you don't have to worry worry as much about social distancing. Because, you know, part of this plan as well is that if you wanted to actually adhere to social distancing during these games, you'd have to have robot umps. At least, yeah. at, least at home plate. You, you can't have a home plate umpire standing right behind the catcher. Um, and also, the catcher has to be in a different spot. Like, you have to maybe even adjust some of your... Um, rules which is I can't imagine them being right. thrilled to do um because you know if you're and by the way I'm on the record right now as saying they're not going to do this I don't think um in terms of the actual strict social distancing but if you were actually trying to do that during gameplay you couldn't have the catcher where the catcher is and you couldn't have the home plate umpire where the home plate umpire first
2: baseman standing next to the runner Yeah for, it doesn't I mean, it
1: doesn't work out that way so I think they're going to have to and I think they know this because of the quarantine rules, the way they have to do it, you have to actually make a bubble and then you have to not worry about that as much, unfortunately, which means you can use it. I got again and all that. But I mean, even as we talk about this, and there's a lot of things I recommend reading the stuff from Passon and Rosenthal. They they have, you know, thousands of words written about these um, various iterations of plans that are out there. Um, and by the way, the Arizona governor is all, all on board. He said he's willing to host all 30 teams so they can figure it out. So uh, there you <laughs> go. Um, people, yeah. are, people are on board. Um, I mean,
2: <laughs> oh, I would love I mean as an Arizona resident, I would absolutely love how I mean even if obviously we wouldn't be able to get into the stadiums, but the idea of you know the every major league player in the world playing up the road from me that that's awesome I just I don't know man a lot of a lot of hoops
1: well, and this is one thing that if you want to be an optimist about this um at least part of the plan is that maybe maybe this is the way that that they can start the season and then during the season, they can kind of gradually go to other places, like go back home. Um, maybe by, you know, sure. if, they, if they were to start this up in June, maybe you buy, I don't know, August, September, you can start expanding out to places and maybe you're hoping for the best. I am again, yeah. not a doctor, but that was, that it doesn't necessarily have to be the entire season in Arizona under this plan. But if you start there, um, you know, what happens if you can't spread out? Do you just keep going? Um, or, what I mean, there's all kinds of contingency plans. And, you know, I, I do think it, it's important to note that all parties want to play, which is why they're going to keep trying to figure this stuff out. But, you know, I think you're probably getting this as, you, as you're listening to this now, um, but it's just, it's it's hard to get there without a lot of concessions on all sides.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's obvious why they want to play. And I think not just from a baseball perspective, from, you know, from a PR perspective, and just to give people something to feel good and normal about again at home, right? Like how amazing would it be for baseball to be you know revered as this kind of godsend to be the first major sport because it doesn't seem like we're gonna have concerts anytime soon. Nope. You know it's kind of one of those big things where it's at least possible to have, right? I know that, as you said, baseball is really the only thing that would be going on right now. I guess you you're in the middle of, hockey and, and basketball playoffs, and they're still discussing those, and, and who knows what happens with football. But I think baseball, as you said, because the season is about to start or was going to start, it's at least kind of this beacon of hope that they can work something out and, and maybe do a test run. Maybe they try it for a couple of weeks, uh, and, and it just isn't working, and they call it off and say, look, we did our best, but we're just going to you know, shut things down. Um, but maybe maybe things get better, and, and Arizona has been compared to Florida, as you said, Arizona is pretty mild across, you know, as far as cases across the country. Um, thankfully, it hasn't been too bad here. Um, but, yeah, it's just a lot to, a lot to think about, a lot to hope on. But as as we've kind of talked about for the last 15, 20 minutes now, just a, a lot to get through.
1: Yeah, and uh, one thing I wanted to this – is, this is more baseball-related, so we'll pivot a little bit here um, with all the caveats out of the way. Um, one of the plans that's kind of similar – actually uh, includes having play in both Arizona and Florida and having basically two of these separate containment sites. And then basically that plan would have, would eliminate the traditional structure of divisions and leagues, and they would have cactus league and grapefruit league instead. Have you seen this plan?
2: It is. Uh... Um, I have. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I have. Um, it's fascinating because I, I, it seems like if they were to do something like this, the, at least one team would be royally pissed because they think they're getting screwed. And one team would, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's an interesting plan. Let's go. It ahead. is.
1: I think it was USA today that had it, but I have uh, written down here. The Braves would be in the grapefruit league South division. Yeah. Um, and they'd be playing against the Red Sox, the twins, the rays and the Orioles in the division. So basically three teams from the AL East, one team from the AL central and the Braves. um, the Nats, Mets, and Marlins would be in the Grapefruit East, and the Phillies would be in the Grapefruit North. So they'd all be in Florida. Um, the traditional NL East teams would be all in Florida. But um, again, this is a very preliminary thing, but this was this was out there, it was reported, it was discussed. So I wanted to just kind of imagine how weird it would be. Uh, not even like the huh. functionality of it, but can you imagine just... I mean, this is all weird. We're all in this weird territory in life right now. But uh, the Braves playing division games against the... Minnesota Twins
2: would be there certainly something
1: that we would watch. I don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah, the Josh Donaldson series, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah. The yeah. When I when I saw those, uh, I think one of the divisions was incredibly light. I think it's the Yankees, Phillies, and then there's like the Tigers, the Pirates, and the Orioles, maybe oh, or something Lord. like that. Um. Oh, so right. truly, quite possibly, like the three worst teams in baseball, and then maybe a 500 team in the Phillies, and then the Yankees, which of course would go over super well. Um, and then the Braves division is tough. And then the other division in the Grapefruit was really tough. It was, I think the Nationals, the Astros, the Cardinals, the Mets, and the Marlins, um which is just brutal. So again, it's it's one of a million things getting floated out there, But the uh, imbalance of divisions, people saw that and went a little crazy because <laughs> big chance this is what they landed on it. You can imagine the headline of of who the Yankees got versus who, you know who the defending champion nationals would have to would have to deal with would be would be pretty great.
1: Listen, if this all if they pull all of this off and we're actually able to argue about division strength, <laughs> I yeah. will be I will be so thrilled. I can't even tell you how excited yeah. I'll be if if anyone on this podcast or on com cares at all about division strength, <laughs> I'll be thrilled. Right.
2: Yeah, for real. put put I, the Braves I, in the division
1: would, with with the Astros, the Yankees, whoever else you want. The I don't
2: Dodgers, care. Dodgers, sure. and the Twins, and let's let's see what happens. Yeah. That's
1: fine. I don't care if the Braves finish fifth. Honestly, I mean, we'll all be rooting for the Braves at that point in time. We all want the Braves to win. <laughs> but uh, if you told me that, they could, that, we could, that we could play baseball this season, and you told me that the Braves were in the hardest division imaginable, I would sign up for that. Uh, yeah, all well uh, said immediately. So. uh I want to at least point that out, that that was out there and it was uh, some good fodder for the, for later on if they can pull it off. Yeah. Now, I'm going to pivot a little bit and bring 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 back the money thing because this is actually the the last thing that it really got reported on. I think it was a day or two ago at this point. Um, there was a piece that was an interesting read, I would say, from Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich of The Athletic. And basically, it was talking about the fact that baseball might be asking players to take further pay cuts if they can't have fans attending games now that makes sense in some respect, because obviously as we talked about, I think two weeks ago, maybe even three weeks ago. Um, if you don't have fans, the model is really weird for baseball. Like it's very reliant on gate in a way that a lot of sports are not in the modern time, but the PA believes that the discussion is quote closed because the agreement can't because of the agreement that, that they already came to on this. So, that could be a labor battle down the line. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but <laughs> yeah. if you re- if you read the piece, you get some uh, there's some flags in there that like if baseball really wanted to push players to take a pay cut and then play, that would be a tough sell, uh, and especially because the spokesperson for Major League Baseball said, "I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the quote to you now." Quote: Both parties understood that the deal was premised on playing in stadiums with fans, and the agreement makes that clear. Unquote. So. I don't know how real this is. I don't know how much baseball might push this, but if you're a player that, as we talked about before, may not be thrilled to be uh, quarantined, essentially, in a hotel mm. for th- four months, and then they're going to ask you to take a pay cut, yeah, um, yeah may not go well I don't, on that one, I don't think.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's the big thing. We talked, you and I talked, I think two weeks ago, last time we did one of these, about just the way that baseball is so much different financially from the other major sports with tickets and, and with having 81 home games and all that, so you know the owners are kind of the ones who haven't really been addressed here. But you're right, if you're if the players are expecting close to full salaries and they're going to do it in front of zero fans, and you're talking about TV deals that uh, games in Atlanta potentially ending at two in the morning every single night, um, <laughs> there's there are some issues with that. There that you know I don't think that uh, any owners are going to rush to the table to pay their their superstars thirty million dollars. If they're seeing basically no revenue from anything other than a, a lesser of a TV deal, whatever they try to work out. So um, that's a big part. And yeah, if you're a player, if you're Freddie Freeman and you have, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars in the bank or whatever he's already made to this point, um, and you're told that one, you have to leave your wife and your kids, uh, you have to move to the other side of the country, you are basically locked down from baseball stadium to hotel, um, all while praying that you don't catch this deadly virus um and oh by the way Freddie yeah you need to cut your paycheck by X dollars I I, I just <laughs> I don't think it's gonna go super well
1: no it's I don't I don't think it is either but it is worth pointing out and like I am not like defend ownership guy I think people probably know that on this podcast how many times we've railed on Liberty for not spending all that stuff um but there is gonna be a financial consideration at least on the team slash league side here If what you said is true, even if it's not all those things, I think what you described is like the perfect storm of disaster where they're literally going to be having a TV issue and a fan issue and a gate issue and all this stuff. Even if you only have one or two of those problems, like we talked about this before with no fans, but if you just assume right now that baseball happens in 20, actually happens in 2020 in a semi full season capacity, you know, 130 games, whatever it is.
2: Yeah.
1: But you assume no fans if they're paying full salaries, there will be teams that I'm not sure if they're going to lose money, but it's going to be close. Like I, I, I know that every team makes money right now in baseball because they wouldn't, you know, they, they're all making money. I get it. even the small market teams; they're not they're not paying big payroll because that way they make money. I get all that, but these contracts are signed for this year, so your payroll number is what it is. And if you suddenly can't sell tickets and can't operate, but then you have, then you have to pay if you're Let's say the Braves, for instance, if your Braves have this, they have the biggest payroll they've had in a long time, as we discussed numerous times on the books right now, if they roll out and don't play games, I know Liberty Media is fine. They, that's a multi-billion billion dollar conglomeration that I don't care if they lose money, but they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they, they can survive, and I would hope that, like, for the greater good of all, um, they would be willing to take a little bit of a haircut if they had to, but people with that kind of money don't always think that way. So no.
2: it's just interesting to point in out board meetings. Yeah,
1: no, it's just really interesting to point out that like, even if they figure all of this out, there is still the potential that one side or the other bucks, or yeah. at least thinks about bucking. whether it be the payroll cuts, like we just mentioned, like the NBA today to be proactive, came to an agreement with the player association to have their players take a 25% pay cut right now. Um, and that is, it was kind of expected in a lot of ways. And again, they've already been playing this year. They've already collected a lot of their money for this sure. year, so it's less of a big deal. But like, you're already seeing that. Th- those are guys who made a bunch of money this year. This, these are teams that made money for three for three quarters of the season, and they're still asking players to take pay cuts.
2: Yeah,
1: it's just kind of you know, be ready for it. it. If they if they figure all this out, it's going to be some financial uh, back and forth. I think.
2: Well, and it's fascinating because you go back to this first agreement that was reported, and who knows how much of it would be held up. But um, you know, this agreement that what the players really wanted, or at least what the MLBPA pushed for, was the service time, and players didn't want their service time to stop. Which makes sense if you're younger, probably younger than thirty. But if you are on the wrong side of thirty, you're potentially giving up millions of dollars here if you if there's no season, right? Like you get that prorated amount. Which yep. is pennies, and again, if you've already made a hundred plus million, you're you're probably not worried about keeping the lights on next month. But at the same time, you do have some players who are going to give up 20 30, uh, twenty or thirty million dollars this year because of the service time thing. Uh, again, it's it's probably not the most pressing issue here because I I don't think the Freemans are worried about paying the old mortgage right about now. But um, but it is something you know, just another layer of this to consider as as everything is going on.
1: Yep. And uh, I'm not trying to be like downer on it, but that that was the last thing that got reported like prominently on a national scale. I know there's always ongoing discussions. For instance, baseball is a lot of people in baseball from staff on down are participating in in this big-time study for coronavirus. That's not really baseball-related, but they're participating in it, and uh, they're trying to get this done. I I appreciate everybody trying to get creative on really all over sports, but especially I think baseball and basketball are the ones they're getting talked about the most right now because they're really, really trying to make this happen. Um, I hope that I hope it works. I hope we are talking about Me baseball. Too, um, because even if it happens soon, like it would still be a while. Baseball guys have to go to spring training, and you know, I think my my hottest slash coldest take is that this season is not going to include a full schedule. <laughs> even if they <laughs> have it, it's not going to be one sixty two. I don't care how long they're I don't, I don't care how, how how long they're going to say that they're going to play into November December. They're not playing one sixty two anymore. I don't no. think that's, that's out the window. I think
2: that's my opinion, no. But. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if. Even if tomorrow, by the grace of God, they found a vaccine and they're not going to. But even if tomorrow they found something for it, the earliest they would be playing is middle of May. And yeah. that would be absolute best case scenario, which is just not going to happen. So.
1: And it's not. I mean, even that. all these plans, even in the most rosy yeah. um, color and the rose colored glasses, they're all talking about like maybe we'll start in June. And that's. That'd be great. But if you start in June you're not playing 162, it's just, it's just not going to happen. So get We're not right, if do if the Yeah. if you're a, if you're a traditionalist on baseball, you, you're probably not going to love whatever happens because it's going to be weird. It just is. And that's, yeah. I, I want baseball. So I'm on, I'm fully on board with, with getting weird, whether it's, there's a proposal for seven inning games. That was part of that. That'd be very weird. But if it means baseball, uh, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. Um, you know, the rule book stuff, all this you know, robo-umps, whatever it is, it's going to be some weirdness to play. So get ready for it mentally, um, as if we have anything else to get weird about right now. <laughs> in life, in life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on the Arizona plan before we move on to uh, one quick topic and then we'll end with something else?
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm 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 hopeful and optimistic something happens. And I was going to ask you, what, at what point do you think baseball says all right, we gotta we're gonna call it if if they mm. don't feel like there's is it June one because then you figure it's I mean in my opinion, if they're gonna play, it'll take at least a month to realistically get the players out there and have a some kind of a spring training so is it June one that if things are still kind of evening out they they say let's call it is it july is it is it next week what do you think
1: ooh um I, I first of all, I agree with you that the month is a good you know, placeholder for how long it would take for, from agreement to actually playing games because they have to do some sort of spring training. They have to get, they have to get guys where they are. They have to, they have to set it all up. Um, it will take a month or more. Um, yeah. So, you know, it kind of depends on how, how, how few games that the owners are willing to accept to actually have a season. Like if it was me or you, like if you told me that they that, 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 that just have a forty-game baseball season, I would I would take it and be fine. But there is definitely a number, and that it, it's higher than forty. By the way, hmm. in which they're going to be like, no thanks. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it might be a hundred. It might be eighty. Eighty-one. I don't know what, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the how number much is.
2: fun? And again, this who knows what is logistically possible. But how much fun would like a best of eighty-one series go? And they say we're going to play 81 games and then the four best teams or whatever are going to play – You know, basically we'll do that. And then we're going to do an AL and an NLCS and then we're going to do a World Series. And yeah, in the record books, it's going to say this was the shortened season from hell. But you know what? We're going to play – I don't know. I, I say it and it sounds great to me. But um, again, there's, there's a whole lot of – but you're right. If you're a, a baseball purist or traditionalist, I don't think <laughs> – no right. matter what they decide, this is – this is unlike anything in history. It's going to be a little different than uh, than your your average season.
1: Yeah, I think you know, provided that they are willing to do a shortened season of some sort, June one sounds right. I mean, I, I can't imagine that they're going to want to start in August. Like, no. could you see them well, starting on July fourth weekend? But that's been that's been that's been reported as a potential date to like you know, let's see if we can figure this out, and maybe that'll be the launch. If they did that and did like a hundred game season, yeah, you're still you're still playing into November and you're probably on the World Series and on Thanksgiving or later. But that's not like ridiculously not doable, especially if you have the World Series at a at a neutral site where it's warm, um, or in a dome somewhere. But you know, much past July Fourth weekend, I don't think they're going to start because, yeah. Once you, once you get into that, you're either playing a lot fewer games, which baseball doesn't really want to do, or you're going so late that you're messing with next season. And there's already stuff that messes with next season between the virus and potential second waves and all that stuff, but that's something that's been coming up in football discussions and basketball discussions is that you don't want to screw up two seasons with this. So it's almost better at some point to draw the line and be like, okay, when do we do this? And basketball's doing the same thing right now to say, look, what's our cutoff date where we just kind of scrap this year. We know we, we, we know we played basketball for 65 games, whatever it is, but maybe it's better to not screw up next year. So let's just call it and we'll start again in, sure. May, in October. Yeah. Like that's it's no one, no one wants that, but there is probably a dividing line where they're not going to want to screw up 2021. So again, yeah. if it's I- me or you, and like if it's 50 game season, like sign me up for that, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they want to do that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I think you mentioned 4th of July. I think that seems like maybe the, the target date, and it also kind of feels like the latest possible date, because you're right. I mean, if they – August 1, what are you going to do? Play 60 games in 60 days and then have a, a shortened playoff? I mean, sign, again,
1: sign me up. I'm good with it, but I don't know if they're going to do it. That's kind of where I think.
2: Absolutely. Fan, I mean, I think most fans would take a 20-game season. Just, just play, um,
1: uh, just, just play a bunch of weird, like barnstorming series. I don't care. Just play baseball. Uh, but yeah. no, I mean, I'm trying to think of what, Triple what is the, what, yeah. what is the shortest amount where you'd be okay with the season happening, and them
0: actually like, um, pretending
1: that it actually cared. You know what I mean? Because obviously they could do some exhibition stuff, but like, there's. Uh, w- at some point, baseball will have to pretend that the season is normal and like stuff actually mattered and they're going to crown a World Series champion. What What is the fewest number of games that you'd actually want to see?
2: Um, That's a funny hypothetical. I think if, if they could do <laughs> – yeah. If they could do 81 games, so half of a normal season, I think, I think 81 games is enough. I mean 81 games would usually hit around – what's that? Like middle of June, late June. I mean there's always yeah. – but I think – I think because the games would just mean a little bit more, I think it would create an interesting dynamic of, you know, if if you're down. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, I'm in the corner of baseball needs to cut its season by 20 or 30 games anyway. Um, you know, you don't need 20 games against the division teams every year. Um, but I think that realistically for it to have any semblance of a real season where, yeah, you're going to crown somebody and stats are going to count and records are going to count. Um, probably 80 81 half a season um 100 would be they would have to probably extend the regular season a little bit or maybe work in somebody mentioned because you have an indoor facility at chase you could do like uh double headers or even somebody even said a triple header have a game at like noon three and six and play seven inning games and you could knock out three games in one day that way and yeah and who knows what again we're just kind of spitballing here but um I, i think half a season for me to answer your question would be uh where I would again it's it's not everyone's gonna remember this year as being the weird year. Hopefully it's a one year thing. Um but I think that's probably my cutoff.
1: I think I would say and this is extremely weird already. We're leaning into the we're leaning into the void of like divisions don't matter anymore and just what is a sample size. Uh uh 81's probably right, but I would I would say 58 and you play everybody twice. It's oh, like the yeah. like the weirdest schedule imaginable. Like you're just playing everybody twice. And that yeah, way a there's third that, of a that, season that way, that way it's a balanced schedule. Like it's not ideal for anybody, but it's a, it's you, no one can complain about the schedule because you play everybody sure. twice. Um, yeah. You're all playing at neutral sites anyway, I guess other than the diamondbacks, but even then like there's no home feel when there's no fans. So <laughs> right. it's just, I think that would be the the absolute craziest shortest way I could see it happening where anyone would take it seriously at all. Yeah. I don't know. And that's probably that's still probably too short. But I uh, I'm just trying to think out a lot of what would be another creative way. But yeah, it's it's baseball is not a game that is conducive to a short season. It's just yeah. especially because it's just so random. I mean, as much as it's not, it also is. Like the best teams in a 50 you know, if you're the Dodgers and you spend 200 million on your payroll and then you come out and you're in this shortened season where there's so much more variance like you wouldn't be very happy about that sure i don't
2: think and i would think that with teams knowing that it was shortened again that it would almost bring a little bit of urgency to the games maybe uh, maybe it wouldn't be immediately recognized maybe it would i mean i think it kind of sounds fun right hey you don't have six months. So if you lose three games in April, it's like, ah, oh, whatever. They're eight and ten. We got another hundred and forty six <laughs> to go. Um you know, it, it would. It would bring an interesting new element. I don't think anyone's pushing for that to be the long term solution. But again, nope. it, it might make for, you know, I think the one um, I don't want to say knock against baseball, but for casual fans it's just so long. It is such a grind. And if you love baseball, you don't care about the the, the 162 over six plus months, but, um, you know, maybe it would bring an element of, of excitement of, yeah, Hey, you lose a couple games in a row in, in, in the middle of August, all of a sudden that's a significant loss versus I, oh, you just had a bad weekend. We'll be fine.
1: Yeah. I mean, and there's the, there's that for sure. Also, I'm assuming I think everyone's assuming that if they do this at all, the rosters will be expanded to some degree.
2: Oh, you have to. Yeah.
1: So that also, you might see some more like playoff, um, playoff style managing of games too, because the games will matter more and you'll have more bodies and all this weirdness guys will pitch as long. It'll just be yeah. very weird in a lot of ways. And we'll spend, if they actually do this, we'll probably spend a whole show on like, what's going to be weird about it and what's <laughs> going to change. Yeah. Um, but this is just some, just some ideas that were coming in my head as we were talking and, yeah. uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> it's April 17th. We haven't had sports for six weeks. We got to we'll find some time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we'll do yeah. it again, too. I'm sure we'll probably get on the same uh, <coughs> sort of road again in May sometime. Um, before we get out of here quickly, uh, I, I do want to send a shout out to Liberty Media, which I don't often do. The Braves were first or- the Braves were first organization to commit to pay their employees through the end of May. Um, and that's a cool thing. I mean, it's not like, again, they have endless pockets. So this is they should do this. But they were the first team to do this, yeah. and that was reported by by Kylie McDaniel. So uh, it applies to all the full time, part time staff. Uh, and at the time, anyway, no one had gone beyond I think the end of April, so they want a full month beyond that. Yeah. So it's just a lo- it's just one little thing that I wanted to make sure we said out loud that that was a good thing that Liberty did. So shouts to them for that.
2: Yeah, the Braves are the first team to do it. <clears throat> I think since then, both the Brewers and the Giants have committed to the same plan for the next uh, until May thirty one. Um, yeah, I mean I have, I have a friend who works. Uh, for a team in the American League, and I have a buddy who works for the National League team in the front office, and, I mean, he's just kind of waiting on the email to say that he's been furloughed. They work in the analytics department uh, for those teams, and they're just kind of waiting. They're still waiting, so it's not a foregone conclusion that these guys are going to get paid, and really these teams have no obligation to pay them because, you know, what do you need advanced scouting reports for if you're not going to play a game for another uh, however many months? So, uh, yeah, good on the Braves, good on Liberty, um, I, I think that's a, it's a great gesture and hopefully all other, uh, 29 teams follow soon.
1: Yeah. People often forget, you know, there's been a lot of coverage and rightly so of like, you know, stadium and arena employees, but even, you know, in the organization, guys like the people that you just mentioned, that are like analytics staffers are not making a ton of money. I mean, they're making, they're, they're fine. They're living. Okay. But they're yeah. not making six figures. They're just, those guys are not making that kind of money. No. If you're a low level, a low level staffer is making like a very, you know, modest, wage so if they just suddenly are not making money anymore or they're furloughed or they're laid off that's that's brutal so it's not well, just
2: generally right and generally living in cities that are pretty expensive to live in yeah right i mean they're not so living it's
1: not like a is not a uh you know not not a situation where we're worried about you know the gm getting paid i don't you know anthopolis will be fine <laughs> yeah but uh if they're paying guys the, the guy who works four four steps down from anthopolis that's making 40 grand a year and those people exist for sure um this is a nice oh, yeah. gesture by them, so I wanted to make sure we pointed that out. Yeah. Um, last thing, uh, Eric and I on the last podcast, and it was about two weeks ago almost now, did our uh, did our favorite Braves moments, and I'm not going to recite all of that, but because you were on that show, Scott, uh, and you are the youngest of the bunch, of uh, the three of us anyway, huh. uh, I wanted to see if you had uh, any moments that you wanted to share that were your sort of favorites. We kind of went all over the place. I uh, We had our personal ones, like me with Jeff Rancor's first home run, um, and obviously the big ones too, you know, Sid, Sid Sliding, for instance, is my number sure. one. But uh, any any brave moments um, pop to your head as a, a man still in his 20s?
2: So by far the, the coolest one that I'll never forget. So I graduated high school in 2010. Um, that night graduating, uh, they do like the senior night lock-in. I don't know if that's a thing throughout the whole country or if it's just out here. But basically all the seniors spend one last night together. They bring in carnival games and food trucks and all that stuff and basically you graduate and then you stay on campus until like five in the morning and say goodbye to all your friends because you're done with high school so i do that we finish up at five i go home of course fall asleep right away so that day i wake up um, again remember i'm in arizona so time is about three hours behind Um, so i woke up at i don't even know noon maybe and the braves had a day game that day and it was on tbs and it was the Brooks Conrad comeback grand slam <laughs> against the Reds, and I truly woke up. I kid you not, it was commercial when I turned on the TV, and it was the bottom of the ninth inning, and the Braves were down however many runs, and not 15 minutes later, Conrad hits the grand slam, and, and you know everything uh, from there is history. So, um, you know that game in itself was really really cool, and, and obviously one that fans remember. Um, but other than the bottom of the ninth inning, I didn't witness a minute of it. And, uh, just, you know, the fact that I was up until 5am the morning before or the morning of, I guess, uh, is something I'll never forget. So that would be probably the most unique, uh, memory I have of the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, your your story is certainly unique. I think a lot of people remember that game. We talked about it when Eric and I talked, just because of the insanity of it all and the and the grand slam and all that stuff. But that that's hilarious. I had no idea. That's actually yeah. And by the way, I did not have that experience at the end of high school. So if people did, they should tell us. I'm not sure you, you might have been the only person that happened that
2: happened. <laughs> <in> <laughs> it's a thing out here. I think they do it because they worry about you know kids graduating and then going to parties and well, drinking as they, as they should, but, they should worry about that. um, yeah, they started that out here maybe 10, 15 years ago and it's still a thing. So, um, yeah, I wasn't sure if that was a Arizona only thing or if that was across the country, but
1: we will find out someone will someone will tell us, <laughs> I'm sure on Twitter or in the comments or something yeah. about this. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. We were talking about this before we started recording, but I'm a little bit older than you. So I was, you know, young for sure for the nineties run, um, but I remember most of it. 91 is kind of a blur. Yeah, I've watched it all uh, again, especially the world series, you know, the famous moments I've, I've seen them all. That I was five, I don't really remember, remember much about that. Talked about it on, on the last podcast, but the Sid slide is like the first thing that I really remember as a functional human being. Um, so I remember it all, but you're younger than me. So you have like no recollection of them being, you know, 95. How old were you? When, when Ninety-five.
2: Were... I was four years old.
1: Yeah. So you, you got you got nothing for that. Do you do you remember Jim? Do you remember the Laird's thing? You were five. There's no way.
2: No, no. I think I was trying to think about that. I I remember. I mean, I vaguely, not vaguely. I pretty vividly remember the first game post nine eleven when Piazza hit the eighth yeah. inning home run. And I mean, you obviously want the Braves to win, but you know, in New York City, the no first game did, after. Yeah. Right, The entire, the like, entire right, world was I'm not I'm rooting for right. uh,
1: the Braves that day.
2: We'll get them. Yeah, we'll get them tomorrow. They, they can have it. So, that's <laughs> probably the first game that I remember sitting and watching vividly um, because, you know, once you start as you said, you watch the, the old games on MLB Network or on YouTube or whatever. You, they all just kind of blend together and distinguishing what you saw on YouTube two years ago versus what you remember when you were nine years old is kind of tough.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's it's always interesting to kind of see what fills in those gaps. in two thousand one, and we, we, we Eric and I were joking on the last podcast that there was uh, hopefully no one on our staff that was not born the last time the Braves won a playoff series because it, it had been so long. Uh, oh. we, did, we we did manage to make sure that uh, though it was close with, with one person, no one on the staff was no one on the staff was born after that. Now we we had several listeners that reached out to either me or Eric or the comments that said they were not born yet because listen, it's been 18, 19 years, 18 and a half years. Yep. So if you're, if you're a high school kid, listening to this podcast, you have not ever witnessed a Braves playoff series victory. Jesus, which is You're annoying. right. I didn't
2: but, even think about it like that. That yeah, is pretty terrible.
1: Same thing. I, when, I, when I brought it up to Eric, we kind of had that same reaction. It was like, well, uh, yeah, that's kind of a thing that's <laughs> happening. Um, cause I mean, think about it. Like when you're in, when you were in high school, when I was in high school, at least, you know, that might have been like your most diehard time because you were young and, yeah. you know, you, you could kind of care more about sports than you might now. So I, I can't imagine, you know, when I was in high school, the Braves were not as good as they were in the 90s, but they were still good. Uh, when I was in college, they kind of dipped off a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I just, it's a different world that people live in that are young, that are Braves fans. So my apologies. Yeah, you, don't the have that,
2: you don't have that filter, you know, to put things in perspective a little bit when you're 18 versus when you're 28 or 38 Uh, obviously again i'm not gonna actually i don't care and get more worked up than i should over games now at 28 but um, you're right yeah you don't have that that filter i guess when you're in high school when you you know you really let go and and you know you and i we've we've done the the sports reporter thing and been around pro and college athletes and stuff like that and maybe it takes a little bit of the shine off just being around those guys but um oh yeah yeah, it, it is a little different though for sure
1: it absolutely does. I mean, I think for anyone, even if they're just a fan and never cover or write about or talk to anybody, I think the just a regular fan, I think you're you're still peaking as a person that cares the most just during those formative years because you just have nothing else that, you know, matters that much to you necessarily in most situations. But yeah, for me, people like you and I that have been in locker rooms, it's definitely, you know, I definitely care care, like viscerally care less than I did before. It's just, that's yeah. just kind of the way it has to be in a lot of ways. And I'm not covered the Braves Like, like I have the Hawks, like my Hawks fan, I'm just dead at this point, which i always <laughs> tell people, 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 people like, like, don't believe me. And it's like, no, I mean, I know guy, and it's kind of different now because I know people in the organization, like they're my friends that work for the team or that are even on the team occasionally. I'm not, you know, not, not, not that we're close friends, but like I root for them. I want them to do well and I want the team to do well but you know, I I don't go to a Hawks game on a Tuesday and root for the Hawks while covering the team. I just don't anymore. Yeah. With sure. with the brave with, with the Braves, I I still would probably identify as a fan of the Braves. Um. I obviously this podcast is Braves slanted, and I, I say things about the Braves on this show that I would not say about the Hawks on my other show because I still am invested in the Braves to some degree. Sure. But But uh, even then, it's not like it used to be. It just and it never it never will be again because I'm you know. We're trying to be impartial, and to some degree, anyway. And I just, I've been in the press box. I've, you know, I've, I've <laughs> talked to these guys. It's just kind of, it's just weird to think about that, but it's just the reality. So, anyway.
2: Yeah, a little different. Yeah, you yes. realize it's weird too. I, I, you know, again, not to go. Well, I guess we can't. We can go off tangent here. It's like for go three summer. hours,
1: Scott. We have all on <laughs> the room.
2: It is weird now that at twenty eight, being older than like half of the guys who I'm watching play every night. Welcome. Um <laughs> College is a little <laughs> different, right? But yeah, you watch. You know, you get, uh, you know, whatever, mad frustrated because player X strikes out four times and leaves seven runners on base. And then you realize you're six years older than they are and you go, oh, what was I doing at 22? You know, <laughs> barely surviving junior year of college and making, you know, $9 an hour working at, at Taco Bell uh, for beer money. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's certainly a little different. It gives you some perspective as we talked about um, yeah. when you realize some of these things.
1: Especially when you remember like how old like Ronald Acuna and, Michael, and Mike Soroka are right now,
2: oh yeah,
1: and they're uh, very very good major baseball players, and they are more than a decade younger than I am. I am washed, Scott.
2: You're old man.
1: I am old. Uh, Eric's, I think, older than me. Um, but we're about we're we're about the same. But regardless, we are old, and you are getting there yourself, my friend. Yeah,
2: I've got about a year and a half before I hit the big three zero. I think that'll mess with me a little bit.
1: <laughs> it does for everyone. All right, we've we've uh, we've somehow managed to go, I think, like 45, 48 minutes on this podcast with, you know, whatever it is. We will still try to go every week or, at, you know, two maybe as this stretch goes along. We, we waited about 12 days this time around. We're trying to bring podcasts to the table. I know Eric's going to try to round up the uh, Road to Atlanta crew at some point as well. We're going to try to bring you guys some content. Uh, won't be always just this willy nilly. We have some Braves theme shows that we're going to look at doing. We've done the Braves moments now with Eric and I, now Eric, now me and Scott and a couple more that we have in, in, um, not, not in the can, but certainly on the, uh, on the planning table for the future if we need them. And hopefully we won't need them. Hopefully they'll be playing real live baseball games. That's sort of the theme of this podcast is hope. Let's hope.
2: Let's hope. There you go. There's your title right there. Let's hope. Yeah.
1: I should probably do that as as the title. Anyway. All right, Scott, um, please, um, you know, stay safe out there. Social distance. Yeah. Enjoy uh, too, this time if, as much as possible. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is uh, is Atlanta, how's the weather out there? I know it was snowing all over the place. Is weather okay out there or has it been nasty?
1: It's been pretty nice, actually. Last weekend, That's we good. had a big, there was a big storm that actually hit um, re- worse in Alabama and Mississippi in that kind of area, but we had big like tornadoes and stuff. Yeah, I heard that. Um, But it's actually been, other than that day or two last weekend it's actually been quite really nice here like un unfor- you know which is kind of unfortunate because you can't really enjoy as much as you probably would normally but go for a walk mm-hmm. and sneak out of the apartment um because i live in an apartment i almost have to drive to go for a walk like i need to drive out because otherwise i walk in and there's just too many people everywhere oh, sure, so i have sure. to just like get in the car and like park somewhere and then walk which is <laughs> bizarre but uh yeah yeah it's my life right now
2: there you go yeah. Well good. No, it's I uh, I'm glad it seemed like uh what night whatever night it was when the tornadoes were coming through I caught caught a glimpse of that. That was that was freaky for sure. Just knowing people there and everything. But glad glad to hear all is going as well as it possibly could be going.
1: Yeah, I hope um if we have any listeners that were affected by that, I hope everybody's all right and uh yeah. yeah. Scary times. What I mean, especially in the middle of what's already happening in the world to have a tornado or two or three hit um, you know, it just compounds it all and hopefully everybody's all right. Yeah. Anyway, um, Scott, thank you for joining me on the podcast. We will do this again somewhat soon with more fire takes on Arizona proposals. <laughs> you heard it here first folks. Scott, Coleman, Arizona expert.
2: <laughs> I'll let the, I'll put the, I'll, uh, I'll tweet the governor tonight and say, Hey, I need to be on your baseball board moving forward.
1: Very <laughs> <There it is. laughs> as all if right. he doesn't have enough shit going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right, folks, stay tuned. Please, please subscribe. By the way, if you really, uh, I really appreciate it if everybody will do that. I know not everybody's probably you know jumping to listen to the podcast immediately now because it's not always as time sensitive. But click the subscribe button. We really appreciate it, and we'll see everybody next time.